It is Tuesday, the 17th of September. I'm your host, Ryan Kier, and this is the Quantium Cast. My area's been having broadband connection issues all morning, so it's unlikely that we're going to make this upload until probably 9. I might have to just go to an internet cafe or something. But that's not important. We need to analyse what's been going on. What's happening with oil? A lot of people have been wondering whether there would just be some kind of fake-out spike and then the price of oil goes right back down. Well, oil is up 1.5% in comparison to LSE close, so 4.35pm yesterday. Brent is trading at 68.77 and crude is at 62 spot 12. Well, that is definitely a result for energy bulls and uh, a, a huge squeeze for energy shorters. But what is important is the impact on indexes. I think one thing that a lot of people aren't factoring in is the whole issue of long-run average costs being increased. One of the most basic economic principles that actually have practicality in the world, the whole time lag thing, we could use an example. A lot of companies listed on the FTSE 100 aren't actually energy producers or explorers. They are companies that rely on cheap material costs. And when margins get tighter, as they have been doing so recently because of competition increasing at levels never seen before, it is likely that their costs will materially increase. And that can only result in problems for these large caps, these blue chips. And what I can only see is that say nine to 24 months time, these companies will see material hits on their balance statements and it will be difficult to bounce back. And what if we're in a situation similar to the credit crisis in 2008, where liquidity dries up and businesses are unable to get the loans they require. We've got one issue with buybacks that we'll talk about another time, the whole corporate debt bubble. Why do you borrow money to uh, pay money to your shareholders? Just don't give them returns in the first place. Just focus on investing. A lot of the time when, oh my, this is a really long one. <laughs> a lot of the time when uh, investors receive dividends, the firms could have put the money to better use. We could use the old Sage of Omaha analogy from Warren Buffett back in the day. Warren Buffett used to literally use the money from insurance companies that he acquired to fund acquisitions elsewhere. Why? Because he simply believed that his allocation strategies were better than the firms themselves. And it paid off. Have you seen how large Berkshire Hathaway is? We could probably pull up the market cap uh, quickly. Just waiting on it. Let's see. Using a bit of mobile data here. Market cap of $515 billion. Their price per share is $315,800. That's a very expensive share. Goodness me. But in 1990, they were $7,100 per share. So we are talking about a 43 times increase or a net profit actually of 43 times. That's crazy. 
absolutely mad stuff. But this is what not only patience gives you, but also compounding your returns. So just reinvesting them over time. So what if these firms were actually reinvesting their funds instead of wasting them? Just giving them to shareholders who potentially could be abroad. And it's a another basic economic principle could be bought in literally outflows reducing aggregate demand that kind of stuff if you believe gdp is even a reliable indicator of growth then that could be something of importance to you but anyways we should get into a couple of focus stocks for the day okay so our focus stocks for the day include Coves plc argo blockchain plc that's one we've covered quite a few times it's just coincidence i mean i am not a bull or a bear of this stock but i don't know could i be convinced today i'm not sure they do have their interim results coming so that's what i've wanted to know because everyone's like they'll be making 1.6 million a month and i just think it was just worded as revenue but we'll find out there when we get to it now though just to quickly mention the final stock Sirius Minerals PLC that will be a slightly longer mention because Sirius have released something regarding their funding and stay tuned to find out you wouldn't want to miss it it is very very important so beginning with coups we have a brief update this is the release of a second tranche of their FLFL subscription. I don't remember exactly what the name of FLFL was, but it was a company that wanted to basically invest into Coos. Coos is a clothing brand made by Western fashion experts for online Indian consumers. So it's a very niche market, but we must remember that the Indian consumer market for fashion is huge i think it's only the speciality that is niche but anyways if we look at this rns we can see that a quarter of a million pounds of funding has been received from flfl in exchange for the issue of 881,523 compulsory convertible preference shares at 28.36 pence per share i'm not sure of the terms actually but uh, what we can see here briefly by looking is that uh, FLFL have committed £6.8 million for the issue of 24 million shares at 28.36 pence per share. But it's not a particular share, it's the convertible shares. The issue is with most convertible shares, you have the problem of a conversion at the volume weighted average price, which basically means that there is more dilution and the only people that win are the bucket shop flippers and those bucket shop flippers happen to be flfl in this case but we are not particularly sure there have been some dodgy deals there was one the times of india uh, owner or co-owner of it had invested at a huge premium to the current shares but they were convertible loan notes which is the biggest misconception of mankind we could mention Coos share price though, because they have been suffering for a while. I mean, they've been struggling to make money 
investing heavily in advertising that hasn't returned dividends for them. So if we look at the 52 week performance, highs stand at around 12 pence per share and lows stand at around the current price of six pence per share, giving them a market cap of 24.4 million pounds. These guys have no use if we're gonna talk about a price to earnings ratio because they're losing money. I could mention one observation I made a while back, they lost more than their revenue. So they're spending a lot of money and they're not seeing the returns on it. I remember somebody said, these guys could be the uh, ASOS of India. Well, no, because ASOS actually made money. Yes, when they were losing money, nobody could specifically foresee it, but we mustn't compare two companies, one losing more than they make in revenue or take in in revenue I should use, versus one that is extremely profitable and has taken their target market by storm. Coves, in fact, if you ask a lot of uh, Indian consumers, I've asked a couple of people who regularly buy online, they've heard of it, some of them have heard of it, but they don't look at it as a brand that they will repeatedly go to, that's the problem. It is cheap clothing. It's like, hmm, could I use an example, Asda. If you go to Asda's TU area and then you try and buy some clothes, Coos at the moment has a similar reputation amongst, if we're talking Indian teens, but it doesn't matter. There still is a market there. I just think the company needs to focus on cutting their costs and having efficient marketing. Because if we go to their social media page, they have millions of followers, rarely any likes, the likes are robotically bought, and the rates that they go for these days, I had a quick look, aren't that cheap. They could be paying tens of thousands of pounds per each marketing campaign they do, when instead they could do something similar to Wish and just put discounted items up at, as an image on say Google Ads or whatever, and then you've got some money there. You've got people buying it because, or buying their goods, their clothes, because they just want a good deal. People don't want to be pushed. You can't force things onto them through social media. Give them the opportunity to click, and then there is so much value to be made there. But anyways, we mentioned the share price. The past five years have been even more brutal. Highs of 167 pence. Uh, we could probably talk about the rally though, from lows of 16 pence in December 2015 to highs in September 2016 of 68 pence. That had been on hopes that the company would actually make money. Well, they didn't. So now it's probably better that we move on to Argo blockchain. Okay, so Argo blockchain's results improved dramatically from a loss of 4.14 million pounds for the year ended the 31st of December 2018 to pre-tax profits of 940,000 pounds on revenues up 283% to 2.93 million pounds for the six months to the 30th of June 2019. That gave them an earnings per share of 0.32 in relation to their price of, I don't know if it's nine pence or so now, that could be maybe 3% or so in comparison. But uh, 
What I do note is that these earnings aren't as impressive as what everyone's been talking about. They have reduced cost by 35% with their new strategy. The only thing is, a lot of people will start to attack this RNS. And now I must mention, I'm not affiliated with the company. I don't remember who runs this company. I don't hold shares. Quantum Research do not hold shares with a long or short. I don't hold shares with a long or short. Now that I've got that out of the way, there is no bias. I am very skeptical when it comes to these things. But what we can note is that they have said they generated 1.4 million pounds in crypto assets in June 2019 from a total of their 5,000 machines. So ever since they've hiked their production, their revenues are booming. And at the moment, with an 80% margin, that's going to create a lot of income for Argo blockchain. Yes, I know they have an operating profit of just under a million pounds for six months, when a lot of people would have been saying there's 10 million, 10 million. It's likely that they'll probably raise funds in the future, more so due to their capital expenditure. I don't think there's anything wrong with the underlying business. For an AIM company, the fact that they're making money is wonderful. But my worry is that a lot of risk premium has been priced in already. That risk premium that I'm talking about regards the whole capital expenditure idea I'm I was talking about in a couple episodes a while back. I, I believe they were Z17 or S, I don't remember the exact names, but the two different bits of mining infrastructure that Argo blockchain had employed came in at a cost of, I think, £3,500 a unit and £1,500 respectively. And after doing some calculations, I came to around the yearly capex of 6 to 10 million, dependent on conservative estimates. And if they are achieving these operating profit figures that are given now, even if we add a little bit more on top, they'll only be matching that intended capex. So it would be smart, it wouldn't be horrible, I'm pretty sure that they could raise some funds against, say, I don't know, some crypto asset security, I don't know, whatever, really. Because they're profitable, they wouldn't have to go down the convertible loan route, assuming management are on the same page as shareholders looking for growth. But that's totally up to management there, and it depends if management is smart enough and also bothers to raise funds through a way that doesn't hurt shareholders. These kind of fundraisings that I reckon will occur, for example, one I'm saying on Argo blockchain, I don't, I don't specifically see a short term time frame. I reckon six months or so. It would be smart to raise funds so that they could reinvest into their infrastructure and hike production as much as they can. Because when you're mining, it's just a race to get as many crypto value that you can in one given pool. So what if you have a crap ton of additional equipment and you expand all the different pools you can find? You'll basically take over the entire industry. And the fact that they have, yes, economies of scale, a lot of people have talked about. The main thing isn't the fact that they have a crap ton of software and equipment, but actually the main thing is that Argo blockchain have these cooling systems so they can reduce their energy costs dramatically. Why do I know that? 
I used to mine crypto when I was uh, a teen, technically a teen now, but I'm talking 13, 14, that kind of time. I used to mine crypto, not that much, I, I was just testing it, but I realized how expensive the costs were. And a friend of mine who was properly doing it from uh, his council flat, he had told me that, uh, what if you get a cooling system, one of these portable ones? And I thought, okay, let me try that. And my energy costs had reduced sufficiently to say the least. But uh, if we have a quick look at Argo blockchain's share price. Okay, share price on Monday, 4.35 p.m. was 10 pence per share. It's a decent close. And if we have a look at the 52 week lows, we will put that at around 2.5 pence per share. 52 week highs around 11 pence per share. So yes, they have quadrupled from lows in comparison to where they started this time last year. They're about the same actually, maybe 2.5% up from 9.6% pence per share to 10 pence per share giving them a market cap of 30 million pounds. So if we're talking about earnings of a million in six months, that gives them a P of 2 million, uh, 15, sorry. No, the total profit through extrapolation of 2 million, resulting in a P of 15. The only issue is that uh, they're talking operating profit. So where's the net profit? That's something that worries me a little bit. This isn't a full account. If I maybe look on their site, I could probably find that. Yeah, I can see actually gross profit of 1.5 million pounds, operating profit of 940 million, profit before tax of 946 because they had some finance income. That's fair enough then. Um, there is nothing worrying about their statement. Also, if we have a look at net assets, they have net assets of 22 million. So we are basically valuing their business at around seven million pounds. The fact that it is making two million a year at the moment. But I believe that this will hike to a level where uh, is definitely much higher than the current expectation because 1.4 million in June, let's say they make 800,000 out of that. That could be anywhere from six to 10 million pounds a year, but that is reliant on cryptocurrency staying high. It is an interesting company, maybe not an area that I'm willing to take a risk in because there's just way too much volatility in comparison to returns. But for those who are avid risk takers and are also interested in this space, then this could be a decent investment. I mean, it definitely yields more prospects than any other company I've seen mentioning blockchain, like online Bitcoin blockchain, which I'm pretty sure was a technology company that had nothing to do with Bitcoin. It's like a, an ice cream van being called Bitcoin blockchain bank. <laughs> and you, they don't even know what Bitcoin is. They just called it Bitcoin. <laughs> but anyways, finishing with Sirius Minerals PLC. And this was a excuse the pun, serious RNS statement. The company, Sirius Minerals PLC, today announces their half year results. But before we get into that, 
we have to talk about their financing. They've also released a scary RNS alongside this uh, update. So the half year results aren't that important because they're probably going to yield a huge loss. In fact, operating loss for the period was 14.3 million pounds compared to 10.8 million pounds in the corresponding period. And the period that we are currently measuring is for the half year ended the 30th of June 2019. Well, there isn't really anything interesting we can take from that, aside from the fact that they have cash and cash equivalents of 350 million pounds, and then restricted cash around 360 million that has reduced to 100 million odd right now. So they are assuming their funds are around 700 million pounds but what is really important to look at is actually their funding update. That is a scary thing. I mean, the half year results really don't talk about anything. Reason being, they are a loss making company investing in a large project that could yield billions, if not multi-billions in potential returns in the years to come. But anyways, the company has mentioned that they do not believe that the proposed $500 million senior secured notes offering can be issued in the current market conditions. I think they are talking in relation to their shares and also the bond market of which they're trying to list these or list this offering in. And that means that they are trying to cut back on their stage two financing plan, meaning that they will reduce the rate of development across the project in order to preserve funding and allow more time to develop alternatives and preserve the significant amount of inherent value in their quote unquote, world-class project. Well, this isn't your average AIM company. There has been a plan to invest something like billions of pounds, maybe a billion, maybe two and a half billion, it just keeps increasing at the moment, but there is a lot of return to be made once the financing has been put in place and the funds that are committed to the investment have been put through. The only worrying thing is that this basically says that the company intends to terminate their revolving credit facility commitment in the coming days, which translates to, we don't have enough funds so we need to explore different options. That is a horrible bit of news in my opinion. And I can only assume that the market is going to panic and sell off the shares. It is a really, really negative result for shareholders. I, I haven't heard anything from uh, the discussion boards or anything yet. But if we look at their share price yesterday, they had definitely been a leak. I mean, 11.22 pence per share. And then suddenly around midday, the shares crashed to 9.76 pence per share, bouncing to 10.5 and closing at around 10. In the past five days, they've fallen only a little bit from 10.5 on Tuesday, the 10th of September. In the past month, they are up though, because the shares had gone all the way down to around seven and a half pence per share and rallied to, as we mentioned, 11. That gave them around a 40% return to 
investors or shareholders that decided to buy at that bottom of seven and a half pence per share. The current market cap is around 700 million. So we are talking cash and cash equivalents plus whatever other components make up the net funds balance. I, I really wonder with this whole update how the market's going to take it, what's going to happen to the shares, what will be the way to exploit another fundraising opportunity. I wonder because a lot of people are saying it is possible that if they don't get further funding this project could go into the ground. The only other bit of hope is that Sirius had mentioned that they have a bit of governmental support. Is there anything that we can put to prove this? Not really, but uh, they have said that they are trying to explore different opportunities. We must only trust the facts, and right now the facts are mega bearish. It's a situation where they may not be able to keep the lights on for this major multi-billion pound project, potash project, to be more precise, fertilizer, that kind of thing. But uh, it is an area that needs to be nourished, and it could be possible that the United Kingdom's government comes in to save the day for these guys. That is just purely speculation, and a lot of the time the, gov the government will come in and say, okay, we want this in return for that. Maybe a royalty agreement, maybe a loan, whatever. It just doesn't look that great for the alternative investment market dear that is Sirius Minerals PLC. If we look at the governmental support stuff, we can see that the company had requested government providing them a commitment to enable an issue of up to $1 billion worth of guaranteed bonds in the event that the company was unable to issue unguaranteed bonds. Now here's the issue. The company believed the commitment from the government would have enabled their financing plan to be delivered as planned. Here's the deal breaker that we must mention. The government has reviewed the case for the provision of the support requested to facilitate the financing of the project and has decided not to provide the support requested. So it seems that Sirius are still struggling. I guess investors have got to wait for the Elon Musk style tweet of funding secured. Unfortunately, today is not that day, but nevertheless, we will follow the shares. I can only assume that they will be down Maybe a bit of speculation here, but 20-30% I've seen them down on issues with fundraising. And the risk hasn't been priced in because they've rallied around 30-40% from the point of which they were unable to raise funds. So that's worrying. But what can you do? There's always risk to be taken to gain potential rewards. And you have to just be disciplined and cut your losses if you don't have the conviction that you once had in the shares. Don't let the shares suck you in and give you the old AIM treatment of 99% residual losses, giving you 1% residual equity. I mean, it's almost like the Excite Energy deal. <laughs> Not with regards to Sirius, though. Sirius is a normal company 
or a relatively normal company in comparison to many of its peers. I just remember that uh, Extract Resources reminded me of Excite Energy. I remember they had a bondholder issue and they presented this idea to shareholders. Shareholders were like, let's just go bust because we don't want to be disrespected with 1% residual equity after some financing deal. Well, what happened? The Bentley oil field got bought for a pound alongside all of Excite Energy's assets and also their debts by Wolsey Energy Limited, basically a private company that was involved in the private equity field. So all they did was hold the assets then strip up what had remained and sold them on for a little bit of a profit against the liabilities. The only problem there was that the moment that they were selling those assets or trying to get rid of them, oil prices were severely depressed. And what happened after that? Well, you know the gist. Oil prices have recovered and that gave them a decent return. Good old private companies, they're always trying to look for some value. I guess that was a gamble for them because if oil prices is depressed further, I mean, oil was around $40 then, and the break-even on the field was 50. Now oil's around 68. So it might even be a profitable venture. You've got a lot of companies getting break-evens at around $50 now and making decent money. But anyways, that's besides the point. I've been your host, Ryan Keir, and I am going to head off to catch my train, dash, go for a little bit of a mad rush Maybe I'll make it. If I don't make it, well, we'll, we'll find out tomorrow. <laughs> I don't have a super malt besides me. I think I have some popcorn in the bag or something. But we're ready. We're ready for this long day ahead. The markets come at us. Hit me with your best shot, man. I'm ready. I got nothing to lose. <laughs> but anyways, I hope all of you have a wonderful day. And thank you for listening. We are really, really appreciative of all your support from the Quantum Research site to the Twitter page to our podcast that we release daily. We're really looking forward to releasing some content that we've been working on for a while, hopefully over the next couple of months. But I will leave you on this note. I've been your host, Ryan Keir. Until next time. <laughs>